Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the Shuttlepod podcast. This week we are talking about Star Trek Picard, Season 1, Episode 6, The Impossible Box. I'm your host, Kayla Yakovino, and I am joined by Matt Wright. Hey guys. And Brian Drew. Hello there. Um, and as I said, today we're talking about The Impossible Box. Uh, the episode was written by Nick Zayas and directed by Maya Vervilo. And now, uh, Brian will read the episode synopsis provided to us by our friends at Memory Alpha. Alrighty. <coughs> Picard and the crew track Soji to the Borg Cube in Romulan space, resurfacing haunting memories for Picard. Meanwhile, Narek believes he finally found a way to safely exploit Soji for information. Alright, that's a and pretty go. good uh, pretty good. That one's actually pretty accurate, huh? Yeah, yeah it's, it's like the most on. accurate one Unlike so last far. week, which made it sound like it was a delightful romp and it was not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a beheading is interrupted by a delightful romp in, <laughs> in a pink suit and a revenge killing. Yes, exactly. <sighs> a little struggling tone there, yeah. <laughs> but this week we're talking about the Impossible Box, not last That's right. episode. So let's do our normal uh, go around the table and give our general reactions to the episode. What did you guys think? How about you, Brian? I liked it. Uh, it was definitely an improvement over last week. So, I mean, I have a couple of things we can dig into later, but as an overall experience, I definitely enjoyed it. It moved the plot along a bit. Um. And like I said, it's just, I, I felt like last week's episode kind of took the show in a bad way, and it was good to see that it did stay that way. So, good episode. I enjoyed it. Yeah. How about you, Matt? Yeah, yeah. I echo the same kind of thoughts. The quote that I really think um, kind of embodies this episode is when Picard says to Hugh, I'll take a friendly face. Because after the last episode, <laughs> yes. we needed that so badly. Yeah, you know? yeah. Oh, like, Matt, that's a great point. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so spot on. Yep, it is. It's. I know. It's like they knew what to write. You know. It's like they knew <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but yeah, no, no. It really. So in all seriousness, it was. It was. It was like you say. It was much better. It moved the plot along. I mean, like finally everything. Like these two plot lines come together. You know, which is exciting. They finally actually get to the artifact, and like these two plot lines become one. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yay! So that's my general reaction. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I'm just going to echo everything that you guys said. And wow, what a departure from last week's episode. Uh, as you both pointed out, It's this was definitely a breath of fresh air. One of the stronger episodes. I enjoyed it. A um, couple of little just like nitpicks, uh, issues with the ending, a couple of little mm-hmm. things here and there. But the meat of the episode I really enjoyed. And it was there were some really nice character moments, particularly with Picard and Hugh in particular. Oh, really yeah. Liked. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I liked the yeah, episode. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, so a lot of different things to talk about here, um, but as you pointed out, Matt, these it's kind of all of these different um, threads, story threads kind of finally weaving together here so we can actually talk about, it's like we're talking about this one story instead of these three disjointed things. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Soji and Narek, a lot of this, um, a lot of this episode revolves around the artifact uh, and things mm-hmm. taking place on the artifact. So why don't we start there? Um, a lot of this episode revolves around Soji and the obviously very important plot point for the series thus far of Soji discovering her true nature. Mm. Yes, yes. 
uh, you know, if Narek will finally sort of pay it off, right? His seed that he planted, you know, as he said a few episodes back to, you know, Narissa, like that was the right way to go, obviously. Like he needed to be careful. And now she's, you know, sort of planting the seeds. She's sort of doubting everything, right? And these dreams are like <sighs> indications, you know, of that she can't quite reconcile what's going on, which I thought was kind of smart. And mm. actually, I like that. It's it's a nice kind of play on the whole da- how data starts dreaming and stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, of course these things dream. Like, if they're going to be sentient beings, they probably need to do something like that in some way to, like, you know, reconcile their day <laughs> to mm-hmm. sort through the, the data <laughs> yeah. of the day, right? And, and I like so I that, that was nice. I like that that's that that's that works with canon as well. That's consistent yeah. with what we've seen, like you mentioned, with data. Yeah. Yeah. And and of course, like Nara kind of drops that little like, huh, your phone calls with your mom last exactly seventy seconds mm-hmm. every time. Yeah. Yeah. Can I can I say something about that though? Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I find interesting, and I guess goes it ties back into how naive Soji really is. Mm-hmm. Is that his questions and his observations about her are too specific? Yeah, she's like pretty. When, she's pretty. I mean, trusting. She's kind yeah. of oblivious because, like, why are you looking at records and finding out that my communications with my mother, my private yeah. communications, are only seventy seconds? Well, I well, agree. He's, actually, he says why. But yeah, yeah, to be fair, he says that it that was like flagged in the system because it was anomalous. Yeah, because it was exactly seventy seconds every time, and mm. that's strange. So at so. least there's an excuse okay. for that. I, I, yeah. I, all right, I, all right, fair yeah. enough. I, I guess I missed that then. Okay. Yeah, there is a decent explanation at least for that. But his yeah. his questions though get very probing and are very specific at times. Oh yeah, like, oh yeah. And, would, she's, and, for, and for a normal she's very human, naive. and yeah, and for a yeah. normal human, there would be a bunch of red flags going off. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, well, to, although to be <laughs> fair, I know a lot of the humans who, you know, especially like like a lot of women who date guys who have so are made out of red flags and they still don't see it so i mean yeah, that's, that's <laughs> sad but true yes yes, yes. and like like Fair this enough. guy this guy is like dripping with creepiness like the i mean you guys know that i hate him but like the first moment we saw him i was like ugh, ugh, yuck they're, ew, they're trying ugh. to add nuance to him now they're trying to add a little more shadings to him and I've appreciated that, but at the same yeah, I mean, time, yeah, like, I'm glad I, he's just got some looking at him makes me like, ugh, no. Yeah, it's, you don't, you're not digging that killer neck beard? Oh, no, I hate it so much. That is my number one red flag. <laughs> That's why I, I write the notes for him. I, I write, call him Narek the Neckbeard. <laughs> well, plus, it's like the combination of the fact that he has a neckbeard and he's like super smarmy. Like, he thinks he's amazing and has a huge ego. Those two things put together to me is like red flag. The guy is like lazy and doesn't take care of his appearance, but think it elevates him above everyone else. Yeah. And he's got this creepy relationship with his sister. Oh my goodness, yes. Which, I'm so glad. Speaking of that, I'm glad that was kept to a minimum this episode. Yeah, they had their quick yeah. scene and then she kind of she, just stayed in the, she stayed in the background for the most part. She yes. is the worst character in this series. She is. Oh, she's the weakest yeah. character, there's no question. For yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. She mustache twirls behind like a screen in this one, basically, and it's yeah. like, okay, is I she not there in person? I don't even remember. No, she's in another room monitoring them. Is what happened? Oh, that okay? Yeah, because she yeah. didn't. They talk to each other at some point where she. Oh yes, she yes she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say this for Narek though. Even though his questions are very specific and she's kind of naive to them, he he does an excellent job building Soji up to the point where she triggers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he does. He does a really good. Even his sister, even the rest is like. 
good job. Yeah. <laughs> like she, he, yeah. You know, he she knows is, he takes the perfect moment to trigger her, and then yeah. and then knows exactly the questions to ask her once she's triggered to get the information that he needs. You mean when when they're doing? Should we talk about that meditation room thing? Yeah. Yeah, because we're jumping ahead a bit, but I mean it's we relevant. Well, I mean, what do you guys think? Well, let's just say that. I guess before we do that, that the whole 37 months thing is kind of um, a little cutesy, but totally works that, you know, everything is fabricated and it's like carbon dated, you know, or whatever to like 37 right. months. And like, that's what really freaks her out. Of course, is like everything she owns that's supposed to be from her Hers. childhood yeah. up until now is only like three years old. <laughs> yep. And then yeah. her mother is not her mother. Yeah. Which like, of course, the audience knew that considering a it was obviously like kind of going that way and then yeah. b as we know last week he uh maddox even called it her mom ai you know, yeah so. yeah it, 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 one of the curious trends about this show though is the fact that we've been so far ahead of soji yeah, yeah. Soji, these reveals yeah. these reveals tend to not be dramatically exciting for us yeah we're kind no. of we're very yeah. much playing the passive observer Yep. In these events. Now that she's been triggered, we don't know where the story is going from here. Finally. Right. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm glad. But up to here, it's been a pretty straightforward. Uh, okay. We know that eventually she's going to figure out who she is. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. Because then we're yeah. not in her shoes and we don't feel the things that she feels at the same time. So we don't connect right. with her in that same way. Right. And but she's, that, may, that may change yeah. now. That may change I, now. I hope so. Because she's been a little more like kind of milk toast for lack of a better word i'm trying to think of that she's a bit of no, she's a, a she's kind of a bl- she's a bland character yeah she is. yeah, yeah. And, and then but you compare that to the like one episode we got with dodge yeah and we saw a lot more of a personality with her dodge was so much cooler right so i'm really hoping that sort of now she's caught up to the audience you know like to the plot we can actually let soji have a personality you know like yeah. i really hope so i really hope so because we know that there was one in Dodge, like so. There should be one in Theory and Soji too. Yeah, yeah. Someone who can grow, and um, I think I'm hoping that you know now she's getting away from being manipulated by you know creepy Derek Neckbeard. Like maybe she can grow. <laughs> so, assuming we have seen the last of Narek, which I kind of doubt we have. Oh, I doubt it. He he got the storm off kind of broodingly, and I'm sure, whatever. He, he seemed genuinely upset though. He was. Um, yeah, let's so talk about I, that for a minute. Let's, yeah, let's talk yeah. about that. Yeah, go ahead. Because um, he, I don't know. I don't think I buy it. He he does this. It's this, you know, trope of um, the the guy is is tricking this girl, but then he accidentally kind of falls in love with her, mm-hmm. and then you know, and I just I don't know. I don't buy it. I think that's what they're trying to convince us has happened. <laughs> I don't buy it. Even if that's like, that is the case and that's how it's going to be continued to be written. I just, he's, he just looking at what he did and how he did everything. He showed no remorse. The guy seems like a sociopath. So, but. Well, there's two things that maybe say that he's not as, you know, remorseless as, as that one. Well, actually I guess three, maybe in theory, he tells his real like private true name to her, which is kind of a big deal. Right. Two, he does like he does like tear up leaving her behind. He does. And then three, which is sort of good jumping ahead, but maybe we can transition to that. 
the way he chooses to supposedly kill her is a mighty slow kind of stupid one that she could definitely like find her way out of which she does Mm. which almost makes me think that was purposeful as like a oh look i tried to kill her but she escaped because like he doesn't really want to kill her you know good point matt Maybe. I don't know, though. It's I don't know either. Yes, it's very unsure, I have to say. That might be giving him too much credit, quite frankly. He seemed kind of pissed know. when she punched her way out of that room. He did. That's why it's very hard to tell. Like, maybe he's sort of happy, you know, and sort of not. Like, secretly happy. I don't know. We, but... should, we should also just, we would be remiss if we didn't point out the uh, shout out to Nemesis. Huh, yes. yes, the little. Um, I thought of that instantly. I was like, thing. "Oh yeah!" I definitely. was like, "Oh, that's apparently what Romulans do." <laughs> yeah, well, again, it works because we've seen Romulans use that kind of device before. So, where is yeah. Chancellor of Valorum? Yeah, yeah. And, then, <laughs> yeah. and then dust, boom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was gnarly. Yeah, it, it turned into Pompeii all of a sudden. Ha, yeah, 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 right. <laughs> this was some slow moving gas, though. It was boy, it was, was radiation. It? Apparently, it was not. It like was. The same it was gas. apparently radioactive gas. Yeah, I yeah. don't get it. Like, yeah, okay, she, yeah, because at one point when Narek, when the the uh, the guard wants to go in, Narek is like, "No, it's radio. It's all radiation. You can't mm-hmm. go in there." Right. And I was like, "Huh. All right." Yeah. I thought it was toxic gas, but apparently it's yeah, more like, like radio radioactive. Yeah. Toxic it's radioactive gas, gas yeah. Matt. Yeah, it's toxic Obviously. radioactive gas. It's toxic radioactive okay. gas, right? It's all three things. Come on, right? Like, Didn't you guys read the the safety data sheet on this? <laughs> right, <laughs> Where are my chemists totally. at? Right, right, right. <laughs> Where's the emergency eye wash station? Exactly. You <laughs> <laughs> You're supposed to wear gloves and eye protection when using yeah <laughs> radioactive toxic gas. <laughs> right, right. Mm. Does anyone rem- remember Narek's real name? I've forgotten it. No. Um, and no. also, when I've seen it written, you know, like written out, it's not how it sounds when he says it. Okay. Like, I couldn't reproduce it, you know? like. Okay, I'm, like, I'm oh. checking. What if I just Google Narek's real name? Is it going to come up? What do we Maybe. Yeah, it, it is. It is. It does. Wow. Good job. Okay. Um, to seal the deal, Narek tells her his real name. Rayan? H R A Y. Yeah, it's like Rayon is how he says it. Yeah. Rayon. Yep, that sounds right. Yeah. All right. Rayon. And that and that idea of a secret name or a real name or whatever goes back to the Enterprise incident. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that until you put it in the notes, and then I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, remember she whispers it in Spock's ear. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. And he says, How rare and how beautiful or some whatever bullshit Spock is trying to go. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. See, honestly, that's the kind of t- canon tie-in that I love. Sure, yeah. Because it that's doesn't right interrupt the plot. It doesn't pull you out of the story. Um, it doesn't require that you have that knowledge to make the plot make right. sense. Right, it's right. Just a little, exactly. That's what an Easter egg right. is. Yeah, yep. Yep. You can yes. either pick it up or you can just let it pass. It doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah. So yeah. nicely done writers yeah. on, on those little moments. Yeah. For the most part, I thought this episode was the dialogue in particular was pretty well done. Yeah, I, I yeah, exactly. A lot of this was well done. Yeah, this um, is um this is Nick Zayas's first script yeah, for, start, for and, any Star and Trek production. Go Nick. <laughs> I thought he, yeah, I thought we thought he did a nice job. Yeah. Yeah. Is it should we can we jump to the uh, meditation room at this point? Yeah, let's, yeah let's it's just like yeah, we're all I'm chomping at the bit cuz it was so cool. D- yes. Did everyone else love it? I loved it. 
I liked it a lot. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was interesting. Definitely. I thought it was super cool. It was its own little piece. I love these two, these little like new pieces of the story. It's not like anything we've ever seen before, but it makes sense in the world. Um, it also moved the plot along. So it just fit. It ticked all my boxes and I thought it was super cool. And I liked the the very Asian feel. The whole room felt like it's like a yes. very Asian type of thing. And oh, her, yeah. Her walking around the symbol and him guiding her um, and like doing this dream meditation thing. I, I don't know. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. And it also was intense for me. Yeah, it's good. They, they really managed to, you know, I was kind of on the edge of my seat during this whole scene, dropping between this room and her, what's in her mind. Yeah. Well, like you, you feel her, you, you really do like feel her, you know, like as a little kid, well, as a quote unquote little kid, freak out when like her dad yells at her, you know, mm-hmm. like you feel that with her, you know, like, oh shit i shouldn't be here you know you just oh no i got in trouble like you totally feel that mm-hmm. yeah we could all relate to that obviously yeah yeah yeah, yeah and it, i was cool i really enjoyed the imagery of when she can finally like look past the orchids mm-hmm. and it's like the wooden doll version mm-hmm. of herself yeah I thought, I thought that was really cool i thought it was, thought cool. It was, it was like a, a nice bit of, it was a bit yeah. on the nose but I a little s- bit yeah i still liked the whole because felt, the whole uh, scene worked for me i, I was yeah. i was into it it felt very twilight zone for a second there which i liked totally. like i loved that good yeah. call yeah. yeah yeah that was cool mm-hmm. any other thoughts on the uh, meditation room scene uh, the only the only other thing I thought of is when she activates and starts tearing up the floor. I know it's like not really the same, but in my mind, you know how she can tear up the floor and she starts traveling between floors. Uh-huh. I just thought like alien, you know, like acid spitting blood, like traveling yeah. between floors. <laughs> yeah. It's it's not really you know the same, but it just amused me. That's like awful. I was like, oh, there she goes. Yeah. So actually, I think there is an important point we should pick up on here that relates to the whole mm-hmm. episode and the whole, the whole series, which is this idea of what um Narek and Narissa which by the way is that like a female version of the name Narek anyway I I kind of think so yeah <laughs> she's like, which is even creepier that they're oh, like creepy. boning or whatever so Narek and Narissa <laughs> um are like after they want to find the quote-unquote rest of the synths and they're yes. looking for Soji's home world and so they yeah think, this is a little like muddled if you ask me the logic in this I, yeah. well i agree because <laughs> yeah. it seems like they have a different idea about what's happening than we do and i think they're wrong so they think yeah. there's like a they think this is more like a the orville style right where there's like a whole planet of synthetic oh, oh, like beings the K- planet of the kalon or yeah whatever, right? exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah is that what they think because that's uh, not they seem like to it. think so because yeah. remember they've called this they've called this before like the nest where's the nest of them yeah that's know? right like, yeah okay like why why would that be you know like and so she looks up and she sees what was it two moons or something yeah two blood red moons and and... there's a a storm with which is kind of like a storm a planet with a lot of storms and two moons yeah they're yeah and somehow that's enough to locate she's like great that's what i needed i gotta go find a planet with lots of electrical storms and two blood red moons and i'm like that's what i meant okay narek knew the exact questions to ask her Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. Because he was like, oh, look up at the skylight. That's going to tell you. Like, yeah. conveniently. Like, you know. So she's yeah. like, I see yeah. stars. He's like, hey, what are the exact positions yeah. at every point of yeah, light? Yeah, exactly. Can you imagine a chart? Hold the chart up. Like the star <laughs> yeah, chart. Here's up. a pen. <laughs> here's Larry Nemechek's star charts. Can you- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Can you tell us where it is? Uh, yes. Yeah, it's very. It's a good thing that, yes, they're very identifiable, like, moons, huh? Yeah. So, yeah. 
So, but yeah, it's an interesting point that, and and it's because of the way it's written, it can never, um, we can never like see the 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 contradiction between our idea of the universe and where Soji has come from and Narek and Narissa's idea of where Soji has come from. You know, those mm. those two things are gonna have to come to a head at some point. And what is it gonna be like? They're gonna be like, oh, there aren't any others. Okay, cool. We're we're good. That's that's what I want to know. Yeah, like what. Because, like, yeah. the main motivation of our villains is to destroy a bunch of things that don't exist. Well, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Unless they do. You think maybe they do? You think there's, like, a planet I, of synths? I have no idea. I, I, they sort of almost apply, like, maybe some of the synths, like, fled and took refuge there, you know? Like, after the Mars attacks and stuff. So, I don't know. Oh. I don't remember yeah. that. Okay, that passed well, me by. Well, it's, it's not. It's definitely not outspoken. It's kind of like an implication. Like huh. I, I, I am reading into it. I'm sure, but like I think there's a little subtext to that. I don't. I don't know. Okay. That. Well, if we're supposed hmm. to know that, I, I miss. Yeah, that. if we're supposed to, they failed. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Any other thoughts on Narek? So the one creepy thing, and Brian, I know you wanted to maybe say something about it too, but that one creepy thing where, of course, she still has to like go stroke his cheek gross and like yeah. mess with him about making freaky little Romulan robot babies together because of course like she knows he's got the feelings for her you know right so which obviously makes you wonder if she's either just taunting him you know or, uh, are you gonna go make robot babies with her or or if one of the reasons yeah. that the Romulans are so freaked out about these synths is because they can reproduce so it's kind of like the Cylons in the BSG reboot. Mm-hmm. Like, can they maybe mate? I mean, they are fully functional. <laughs> right. We, we do know that. Much yes. more probably in many ways than Data ever was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, you, Nara can certainly attest to that. Yeah. <laughs> if you all remember very early in our um, Shuttlepod Picard series, I made the, the dime bet that someone mm-hmm. will utter the phrase fully functional at some point. They haven't so. yet, but darn it. They've, they've come, they've come close. They need to. But yeah. you, you still have time. Yeah. Yes, they've come so close to, to it. So we'll see. I don't. Th- I think it was just a taunt, personally. I think so too. But yep. But you have to. You have to. You have to at least keep it in the back of your head. Sure. No, it's oh, yeah. a good point. Yeah. I didn't even think about it until you pointed it out, Brian. So. Yeah. Me neither. So there you go. It could be that that's what they're afraid of. There's got to be some reason, something that they're really afraid of. It can't just be like, oh, we hate robots. It's yeah, well, be more than it, it better not be just that. Them. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be more than that. They, well, they like, do think she's some like, kind of doom bringer. Like so they invented the Borg. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, there's been that rumor going around. I personally it doesn't really, do not see it. Yeah, it doesn't quite. It doesn't fit, make but... any kind of sense at no. all. No. So if that's it, like people are gonna riot. Yeah, yeah, people will burn the house down. Yeah, no question. But I tend, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and say that that's not it. <laughs> Crossing the fingers mm-hmm. for you guys. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we've talked Narek, Narissa, and Soji up a bunch. Right. Let's jump over to our friends um, on La Sirena. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, what's happening with Picard? So there's a lot of cool Picard moments in this. So good, um, yeah. Patrick, Sir Patrick, Patrick really, is, yeah. This is Patrick's best episode of the top so form, far. yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, they're bringing up a lot of, you know, a lot of this is centered around his emotional reactions to the Borg, obviously after having been 
um, assimilated as Locutus. So there's a lot of things that were reminiscent yeah. for me, um, like in First Contact, mm-hmm. uh, where yeah. he has similar kind of very strong emotional reactions, sometimes illogical, uh, because he's still getting over this trauma. Um, yeah. But it comes out in different ways here, and I, I liked it. It does. Yeah, and, and it's... I think it's fitting of an older person too. The way mm-hmm. a lot of these come up, mm-hmm. he's much yeah. more frail, you know, and feels alone in these yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. When, when when they're sitting at the table when they're on La Serena and he's starting to get worked up mm-hmm. as they're trying, and he starts, you know, he says the ball. Yeah, you know, it's another version of uh, yeah. the line must be drawn here, except by a much mm-hmm. older mm-hmm. man. I, they I, don't change. They metastasize. Yeah, that's sh- such a good line. During while he was giving that speech, I shouted, "The line must be drawn here." Yeah, but that's what that is. That's what that is. Yeah, that's definitely. him getting up another head of steam. Like he said, he's much older now. Mm-hmm. Definitely, um, definitely. Yeah. But I gotta say, one of the things I liked about everything relating to the Borg in this episode and Picard and Locutus is that that there is exposition here. Like at the table, he, they're explaining things to Elnor, yep. and it's all done in a way that it enhances character. So you're getting plot information, and, and for people who maybe don't know Trek that well, and they're learning a bit more about the Borg and that Picard was assimilated. But it's it, it all works as it flows as part of the story. It's not like they're stopping to deliver exposition. Agreed. While she's while while Agnes is explaining to Elnor what's going on, Picard is reacting to it, and you're seeing the trauma on Picard. So it's yes. not they just like it's, there's, there's been a couple of times, including the last episode, where the show just stops and delivers exposition. Yep. And this yep. though, it's weaved in beautifully. Yeah, this is how you do it, folks. Seriously. Yep. Yeah. It was really nicely done. Another super nicely done, I thought. Uh, some people have called this a little gimmicky. Maybe it is, but it was, it was a great visual gimmick, which is when he's going through the archives in his study and, of course, comes across himself as yeah. the cutest. Yeah. And like, you I know. thought it worked. Yeah, I, I liked gi- it a It's lot. definitely gimmicky. There's no question. But, but I, I loved it. It, I, it worked. I thought I liked it. I thought they used it a little bit too much. I thought they should have done something slightly more subtle. But because it it felt like a gimmick to use those. I just also I have a bias against the um, transparent screens. I hate it's them. The They're stupid. Screens, yeah. They don't make sense. They are not the most practical devices in the world, are they? And, <laughs> no. No. And this is the only reason for them is so you can get that shot. You can do stuff like this. The, yeah, through yeah. the display yeah. onto the person's yeah, every, face. Every time I see them using these transparent displays, I'm like, man, I mean, you get you get just a little bit of damage and you have no controls at all. And even when, <laughs> even without that, just using a, using a functioning one, like it would be impossible to look at something. Like I don't want to have to see the stuff behind my monitor yeah. while I'm looking at my yeah, computer screen. Yeah, your, your eye would have such a hard time focusing, especially yeah. long term. Yeah. Yeah, so. it, it, yeah, it doesn't yeah. seem practical and at all. There's no added it's cool utility. Looking. It's cool looking, but that's about yeah. as far as it goes. It's just yeah. cool yeah. looking. Yeah. If it could somehow choose to be transparent or not, you know, like basically blank out behind it, that would be good, yeah. you know? Like you could choose to make it a, a solid, like kind of surface behind it or not. That would be nice. But yeah. That it's always transparent? Yeah, dumb. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> that, I guess that was sticking out of my mind a bit because that's yeah. just such a gimmick of that. Oh, it is. It's, t- it's a total gimmick, but I liked it. It worked well as like a, you know, very emotional yeah. kind of overlay, and, you know, yeah, this overlay. And, and, and Patrick kind of sells the moment. He sells it, yeah. So so it was fine. Like, yeah, it's a little it's a little bit hokey, but yeah, I think it works anyway. Yeah. You know what wasn't hokey? Picard and Hugh. Oh, that was so good. Yeah, that was a great moment. Okay, so I do have to point out, um, so Picard, this is obviously Picard beams onto the artifact. Um, they give him coordinates to beam onto, and they 
have him beam into like the middle of nowhere by himself for some reason. Kind of, yeah. Was it anyone else thought that was completely weird? Well, so it was a little weird. So on second watch, what happens is he beams in where he was supposed to come meet him. He was late, basically. Picard starts to wander off to that bridge. That he doesn't need to cross that bridge to meet Hugh. He starts to wander up a couple of stairs onto the bridge because he's getting like you know flashbacks and, and disoriented. And starts to wander towards that group of alcoves when he really shouldn't be. And then, of course, like gets massive vertigo because you're in a massive like ship. That would be crazy. And then the you know, the two X drones help him up, and of course, he has his sort of visions, and they turn him around and put him point him back to go back to Hugh. So he was actually like in the right place. He was just like a minute late. And he, in his own freak out, like wandered off, basically. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. That, that makes works. more sense. Initially, I thought it was exactly like what you guys were talking about, which is like, why would they give him a weird coordinates? And why would you need to go over a bridge, like a freaky little narrow walkway to get to Hugh? Yeah. So I watched it again, and he's in the spot where Hugh was supposed to meet him. Hugh was like a minute late. And Picard kind of gets freaked out and starts looking around and kind of walks up and away. So and gets himself very disoriented, obviously. It was a it was a powerful scene watching his Very. initial reactions, and then yeah. the pulling you out of that you know traumatic yeah. scene with Hugh there, and they hug, and I I was yeah. I was all about that moment. It yeah. was great. It, was it great. goes it, that goes a long way to show how how much Picard has mellowed as he's gotten older. Yes. Yeah, that yes. he would hug someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's not much of a hugger, our buddy Jean Luc. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, but so. I'll tell you when, when you've just been in the darkest episode of Star Trek ever, probably, and then you get to see Hugh, you yeah. know, you're yeah. you're gonna hug him. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a great moment. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was great. Can I shout, give a shout out to one of like this little mini weird moment that I absolutely loved, which is mm. when they were walking around the cube and they're like walking down a corridor and like something I can't even remember what it was. Maybe they're going to look for Soji at this point already. Something important's happening and they're rushing out somewhere and someone goes, "Locutus." Yep. Yeah, that was like, that's so interesting. <laughs> and he says it in the way of as if he had just seen like an old college buddy he hadn't seen in years. He's yeah. Like, Locutus, yeah. <laughs> Locutus of Borg, is that you? It's yeah. it's me, Tom. <laughs> but, but but Picard does say before he goes on board, he goes, "The Borg are going to recognize me when I go there." Yeah. Yeah. He's right. There's no <laughs> anonymity for him. I just love that like, California dude, like Locutus. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. hey man. I know. Remember that one time down in Venice Beach? Yeah, bro. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Yeah. That was good. Um, I would like to talk about how Picard's trauma is being played out this time as opposed to in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. For sure. Like, you know, we obviously, after Best of Both Worlds, we saw him reconcile some of it in family. Mm-hmm. And then in Iborg mm-hmm. with his problems dealing with Hugh and his resentments and then obviously the, the most vengeful aspect of it came out in first contact mm-hmm. yep but we never saw him like to the like so shaken up to the point where he's practically crawling like, he's practically curling up while he's walking through the board cube like, oh he's, yeah like, he's so distraught like, yeah he doesn't yeah. have the ability to like cause he's, I guess because he's getting older he doesn't have the ability to like cope with a lot of it like, yeah just, I mean he keeps his head down and yeah. he has to remind him like don't worry, like these aren't yeah. actually Borg, you know. Yeah, you this is the first time hide. we've ever seen him actually be frightened since yeah. since he was assimilated. Like 
Mm-hmm. We've seen various versions of anger in the past from him, but not actual fear. Yeah. Yeah. And like, and like, you know, he's got PTSD from an experience that's oh, probably totally. never been completely resolved. And so it was that Patrick's performance in those scenes. Yeah. When he's pra- literally practically almost feels like he wants to crawl up inside himself. Those are like really powerful scenes and just remind you just what a master Patrick Stewart is. Yeah. Yes. And I, and I love the sort of flip side is when he starts to come out of it and he starts to see, you know, what Hugh's doing there. Right. Yeah. And he's like, what you're doing is good. You know, yeah. this, is a, this is a good thing. Yep. And, you know, he comes, you know, you can see him just sort of come to this sort of realization, right? When he says that, he goes, you can see that the Borg are victims, not monsters. Yes. You know, that was so good. It's like, you know, it's like yep. he, he, you could hear him tell himself that for the first time, right? Yeah, like, yeah that's a good point. This is clicking yeah. for him. Yeah. yeah. It, there's an entirely, there's a, there's a chance, I think, that. By the end of this season, Picard is going to be advocating to protect the Borg. Hugh has pretty much, I mean, Hugh basically asked him to do that. Remember? Yeah. And he kind of hinted at that. And he yeah. was like, oh, a Picard that would seek to give us, you know, these XB's rights or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah exactly. He's like, yeah. you're, you so, have a voice. It may be ironic that Locutus of Borg may end up, you know. Yeah, right. He's a perfect something. person. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. So it'll be interesting if they go that way. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it seems like that's where it's leaning. So, because like Hugh said, like these board, because he's he's a free agent basically because of getting granted citizenship by the Federation. Right. He says, but all these other XBs, like he says, you know, oh, their their queen has been replaced by like a Romulan, basically. Like, so they're not free, you know, in that sense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Bummer. That's that was really like a nice sort of sad like illustration of what these guys the XB status or what little status they have you know yeah 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 and it's it seems like too there are different sort of levels of um of XB so there's people who are very very high functioning and people who yes. are not so high functioning who so are like not there's so quite high a range <laughs> yeah it sure does so meanwhile all this is happening. Um, with Picard and Hugh on the artifact and and Root. And then somewhat, I guess, during that period, we have the sort of Rios and Gerardi storyline happening. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it me or is it that relationship kind of just come out of nowhere? So not entirely nowhere, but um, they had a kind of a thing going on when she had to do the Larakabsakum robots kind of in the at the last episode and he was kind of teasing her and like having her you know and then she kind yeah, of yeah. she kind of jokingly flirtedly kind of punched him and stuff you know and so like, there's, she there's goes a little and, seed of that yeah she goes and chats with him on the bridge when she's bored and right. teases so there's him a for seed. reading what his book or whatever yeah there's a seed it's not the biggest but it's it, you know you could okay, see it. Yeah. yeah. I All guess right, like it didn't come too much out of nowhere for me. And I know that she's acting really weird, but yes. you know, after going through a trauma, people can act really strangely and like oh, yeah. if when you know, after just well, she just murdered someone, so it's even yes, she probably did. more yeah. of a trauma someone than like, who losing she was, someone. She, who she loved. Yeah. Apparently supposedly. So she, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some in her mind, some kind of you know, saving saving someone from something. I don't know. But yeah, so yeah. having gone through this really, really incredible trauma, 
um, you know, your emotions tend to kind of be all over the place. And oh, yeah. So it's not it's not that strange to me that she just like walks comes in is like, hey, let's. Yeah. Well, and also like it's really common after like experiencing like a death, like a loss kind of thing. You know, like you go to a funeral and then a lot of people hook up after a funeral because they want to feel alive. Right. They want to feel something. Yeah. It happens a lot. And connect like, with someone. And connect. Right. And connected. So here you go. Here she is. Like she knows she just did this crazy thing. But here's, you know, Rios, who's both kind of a little aloof and not really like directly connected to her but like you know kind of lovable rogue he's got his han solo on here for sure mm-hmm. right, and right. you know i could see it i could see it yeah it, makes sense. Right. it made sense fair to enough. me on that level yeah fair enough fair enough um it does seem like something happened though during the course of that because it feels like afterwards when they're on the bridge. Oh, they have that awkward exchange, like look to each other. Yeah. yeah. And then Elnor says, I said, Elnor sees it. You too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So like something hmm. happened. Yeah, that's right. And I you don't think it's like, about. oh, this is awkward because we had sex. And no. See, at first I thought that, but I, but the more Brian sort of said, hmm, that seems suspicious. I'm kind of on his side now. Huh. I, think maybe I have to go means, watch that again. It means more. Yeah, and the way yeah. he turns and the way Rios turns and looks at her, like it doesn't look like a look of like love or anything else it looks like oh, yeah look of like i don't know if huh. concern is the right word but, but yeah like that that he knows something huh i mean rios just, is the one who knows not stuff. saying you know yeah so. i mean as as we find out rios is you know he he knows things right he's, like, he's the one who's yeah. more he's more plugged into people than unfortunately picard is actually yeah like um, with with rafi with Rafi, Leah, let's talk about that because that's the one that's a real um, shame in a way. Is Picard is totally like out of touch with what's really going on with Rafi? Unfortunately, you know, it's a real shame, but he's totally out of it. Like he doesn't, he doesn't really get it at all. Yeah. Like she's in there, you know, she's in there on a hell, hell of a bender because she's super hurt, right? Super hurt, and so basically, you know, he yanks her out of her her own little <laughs> isolation. And, you know, coaxes her into doing a little performance to get the credentials. In, right? in which she destroys a relationship with someone. Which she, that's right. She sacrifices. Him. Yep. All of that for him. And then he just kind of like, and I found this really jarring. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because it's sort of from her POV. He just starts like clapping yeah. for her. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was and, a lot. Right. And like, you know, from Rafi's point of view, that would be. Rude. Loud, rude. Loud. You know, she's hung over. Right. I'm sure. Loud. Rude unexpected so you know kind of surprising and yeah. like really like tone deaf. it's exactly totally the wrong tone yeah. like she wants to go crawl in a hole and not do this and he didn't even come like he left her alone like you know after he knocked on her door or whatever and she said go away on the last episode that's it he obviously never went back in to talk to her and so of course who goes to talk to her why our lovable rogue who's you know sensitive and everything else and she's known Rios for a number of years. He goes in and has a nice talk with her, which again, mm-hmm. fantastic acting from those two guys, Michelle Hurd and Santiago Cabrera. Good acting right there. Mm-hmm. These guys are, I mean, really like everybody is pretty much like a fantastic, doing a fantastic job, especially I think when you're around Sir Patrick, everyone steps it up, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, they do they have that great quiet, you know, scene together where she, tells him you know you've known me a long while and yet you still didn't know i had a kid and yeah that's kind of that kind of hating herself for that fact yeah and that's it yeah 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 Yeah. i i 
I liked the character stuff with her. I didn't like the way they staged her, you know, collapse after her. Me neither. I hated it. Like she's stumbling around with a, it's so stereotypical. It's yeah, like, it's it's a little It's yeah. like she's walking around this huge bottle of I don't know, look like whiskey and yeah. and and she's vaping and it's just like I the scene it just felt so it's over the top. And I kind of just standard and uncreative. Like it, that's all you got. Yeah, like, I agree. Yeah, and like she yeah, doesn't need true. to be falling down drunk to show us how much of a how what a, how much of a hole she's in. Yeah, we of realize. Course, okay, yeah. okay, you had this bad experience, and you're actually having a regression. We get it. Yeah, we get it. But to have her stumbling around like this, such a stereotypical. And, yeah, manner, taking that, swigs that, out of the bottle. And, yeah. yeah, that bothered yeah. me. Me that too. Bothered me yeah, lot. yeah, you're right. That is pretty like cliche and it's very cliche. I was surprised yeah. that they went that route, and it felt too modern by that i mean like not 24th century it felt like 21st century yeah well again to go back to how picard was just like totally checked out of it i mean he literally watches her like vape the snake leaf and he just kind of goes oh god all right raffi and then like moves on you know yeah well and the other thing like let's say he's completely oblivious to her struggles with substance abuse um but he's not, of course. But he's That's not. But let's just for the for the minute, let's say, okay, he doesn't really realize how bad it is for her to try to, you know, for, talking about the clap again. He just watched her destroy the her relationship with this woman to do like yeah, yeah. a pretty big deal favor for Picard, and like no one else could have done that. And he gets up and claps for that. Like he should be like, wow, yeah. thank you. Like yeah, I can see Instead the sacrifice of like, excellent that you made performance. For us. Exactly. Clap, like clap, well yeah. done, you tricked yeah. her. Like what the hell, dude? And then she's like, "Yeah, never call me again." So cool. That's that's great, you know. And like, they were like ugh. friends. Like, yeah. Yes, clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was upset. I, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, hard, dude, it's like, dude, you just hell? asked her to burn a bridge. You just asked her to burn this bridge for you. Yeah, and she did it successfully. And the applause that's not great. Weird. Yeah, that's not great. They could have done without <laughs> the applause. Honestly, right? Well, and and I. I sincerely hope that they know that that shows him being really tone deaf. Like, I hope they don't think that was like good. Right. Like, you know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> so. So the, the, we, we pretty much covered all the meat of the episode and now mm-hmm. the story comes to an exciting cliffhanger conclusion um, mm-hmm. at the end where we're back, back on the, um, on the artifact. Um, Soji is busting her way through decks Possibly with acid <laughs> yeah, spit, is. but probably not. <laughs> possibly with acid spit, yeah. <laughs> no, that's the Romulans when they're captured, remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> she runs into our buddy Jean-Luc. Yep. That's right. And so, yeah, Jean-Luc and and Hugh track her and, and the system, and they go find her. Um, and then they're basically like, you know, let's run this way. Um, I thought it was really cool how uh, Picard and Hugh are exchanging these moments. So um, they walk into this room. And Picard goes, this is the, the, what do we call the queen's chamber? The queen's cell. The queen's yeah. cell. That's right. So he said, this is the queen's yeah. cell. I, I've never been here, but I recognize it or something like that. And he was like, yeah. oh yeah, me too. I've also yeah. had the same experience. I've never been in this room, but I knew right. what it was. I yep. love that. Yeah. Because they all know in theory from the board collective, you know, conscious thing that they yep. know. They have this yeah. instinct of, oh, that's what this mm-hmm. room is. And that's why it's important. So they kind of run in there and, and hide. Um, and then they pull out another little bit of canon connection. Yes, uh, they do. Back to yep. Voyager. Yep. Um, so they have this long distance transportation device that's mm-hmm. like this big um, wall thing that they can like pull up, charge up, and then walk through. And I can't remember they said the range, but like 
40,000 light years. Many light years. It's very, it's very long. Theoretical range of 40,000 Yes, theoretical range of 40,000. Yeah. Which is quite a distance. That is quite a thing, yeah. And this was in one of the first episodes of Voyager? Uh, Season one, anyway. I can't remember exactly yeah, where really, it falls. Really early Voyager episode. Very early. That yeah. they run into these. Yeah, the Sicarians. The Sicarians, thank you. Um, yes. You know, this is one of the classic, like, Janeway has potentially the option to get yeah, everyone she home thinks she's and, got a way back and yeah yeah it doesn't work it doesn't you know, work out but it's interesting yeah. to be like oh the borg assimilated these guys yeah, yeah because of course when they pass by in season one they're not assimilated yet so yeah <laughs> that means as far as we know borg unfortunately made their way yeah there at some point yeah in the last 20 years <laughs> yeah which is totally you know believable so i thought, oh, yeah, thought that was yeah. a nice little piece of of canon Although, uh, Brian, you brought up an interesting point talking about some potential issues with having such mm-hmm. a device. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to bring it up. And, and Matt says, uh, Matt and I talked about this and Matt was like, you kind of have to just let it go. And it's true. You, We're going to probably it's have true. to We're going to have to let it go. But go ahead, Brian. It's it's. But it's I mean, let's face it. If you have a, a transporter like that, that has a range of that, like that, what's to stop you from just transporting whole armies of Borg onto planets? Yeah. Without, without any warning, they just and, and you can assimilate cultures so rapidly. Yeah. What do you even need the damn Borg cube for? <laughs> so I wish that they had. They could have solved this with like a simple line of dialogue. They could have been like, "Oh, only you know two to three people can go through at a time, and it has to like recharge for yes a week exactly. or something." Or yeah, yeah, that would make. But even then, it would still be an immensely powerful thing. Sure. It reminded me of that. It reminded me of that that transporter in Into Darkness, which like, oh god, yeah, you know. But it reminded me of that. It's just like, sure. do you, do you, are you sure you really want to go there? You want to eliminate you know, the need like, for a starship? Yeah, yeah. Which is like kind yeah, of the point mean, of Star Trek. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, geez, you you combine like the fact the Borg have like a massive transwarp network, which yes, Janeway critically damaged twenty years ago, but like you combine that with this, like, yeah, dude, they're unstoppable. They're everywhere in the they're galaxy. Everywhere. Yeah, yeah. 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 And you would never see them coming. No. It would be like the Iconians, you know, in their gateways who just showed yeah. up like, yeah. 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 So. But, you know, yeah. And we were having this discussion and Caleb was on this on Twitter and somebody did bring up like, you know, and this is also true. I've always known this is that in first contact, the Borg are capable of time travel. Right. Oh, yes, yeah. Yes. That's so a hand waving thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, so you have again, to we have to it. pretend that that doesn't exist too, right, because otherwise, right. yeah, they'll just go back in time. But that right. is the case so. with every instance of time travel, because yeah. they yeah. get thrown back yeah. in time in an accident, and then Spock figures out the the you know does the calculations, runs the numbers mm-hmm. to slingshot them around the sun or whatever device right, he's using right. to get them home. Every instance of time travel, you have to be like, okay, we're just going to pretend we can never do this again. Right. Right. So yeah, that's true. It's one of those that's things. True. Yeah, it might just be one of those. So. Things. So this could end up very well being like one of those things where you kind of go like, okay, yeah, it's ridiculous, but you kind of have to just roll yeah. with it. I, I, in, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, yeah, in theory that, you know, it's reserved just for the queen in case she needs to get away. But like, okay, that's not quite a sad, that's not but quite why? satisfactory yeah. enough an answer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, like, I, I like the idea that maybe it has to recharge and it's so inefficient um, mm-hmm. that you can only send yeah a couple people at a time and then... Yeah, uh, yeah, then you yeah. can't use it again for like a really, really long period of time. Yes. We're gonna go with that. 
I, mean, I like that. It's like it's like you said, Kay. Yeah. Like one line of dialogue could have fixed it. They could have just said something like that, and that yeah. would have been fine. You know. Well, and that yep. same di- line of dialogue could have fixed my other issue with this episode, mm. with this scene, um, which is the fact that Hugh and Elnor don't mm-hmm. go with them. Yes. Right. Hugh could kind of supposedly they have to keep but... them. They have to keep shut it all down. Which I guess that you know. It's it's a hidden you know it's a hidden chamber right so then he was like oh we got to go hide it you know again but do you does it matter anymore you know what I mean like yeah, yeah just just go through the portal with them right and Whatever. also like our okay I guess he has to stay to shut it down that's fine but like does Elnor really have to stay with them because are they gonna just come murder Hugh isn't he like the boss. Well, but he's not the boss of the Romulans. He's right. there. But are they really? Um, they're really just gonna come kill him? Why would they do I that? I don't know. Well, do they care? You yeah, know it I mean? was a little. That was a little unclear. I agree. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I don't. I know. don't. I thought they're all working together on the artifact, and he's like the head of the reclamation project from the Federation side. Why would they just randomly he murder is. him? He is, but it's really their property that they've like granted him the, to be there. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that is the Romulans are in control of that. Plus, so. like, okay, let's say the Romulans are gonna go try to murder him. Him and Elnor stay behind. Elnor beheads a bunch of people, and then yeah, what? Yes. They get back up to the That's main right. part of the and cube, and everything's fine. Or no, they just killed a bunch of Romulans. So. No, and and supposedly there's like a huge wave of Romulans after them. Remember, they talk about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, but they're I, after Soji, I so I don't know why they care about Hugh. No. Well, that's right. They don't. Once they realize they're gone, I think they won't care. You know what I mean? Which is, again, why so. does Elmer need to stay and behead people? I don't know. He really <laughs> did seem like superfluous, really. Yeah, yeah, so far he's been a bit superfluous. He's been completely he's, superfluous. Yeah. And this is, if this is the last that we see of him, or if all he does is show up in the finale in like a, the everybody's here to help scene that's yeah. probably going to happen. <laughs> no, well, they're, they're, you know, La Serena is going to meet them at Nepenthe, so. Yeah. But, but, yeah. um... Elnor's on the cube. Yeah, he's not coming. A way to get him. Yeah, he'll be there. If this is all he's yeah, I, done, I think then they'll what yank was... him back somehow. I hope so, because what the hell has been the point of him this entire time? Yeah, yeah, no, I he'll, know. yeah, he'll be there. He'll be there. It, it really bothered me the way they used him in this scene, because of all the reasons they just mm. mentioned, plus the fact that, like, you know, the Federation is a group of people who have weapons that set to stun. You know, there's yep. people coming at you with with guns essentially and you stun them you don't just like because you don't know their intentions you don't we don't know right. necessarily the Romulans were going to even shoot their their disruptors at them but instead right. like we see him like behead some people just just behead them like no questions asked we're just going to start murdering people and it's just like that's right. so not the way Which is that exactly Picard the would have wanted that, it to be done right that's exactly what he, he Picard even lectured him about that the very first time you know when he beheads the the former senator right yeah and he even says like that was not okay don't do that yeah you know so why did they do that i don't know apparently elnor is like you know beheading crazy you know he loves that i did not like that <laughs> i did not think the beheading was appropriate at all because those those were just romulan's soldiers doing their jobs yeah, like, what, what's wrong with you know stabbing him in the leg or well, something? well their boss you know? you know imagine you're one of these guys you're just some foot soldier who ended up on the assignment on this board cube your boss is like go apprehend these people they're getting away and you run after them and you get beheaded it's just a flesh wound it seems unfair it's only a flesh wound what if these guys deserve to get be do deserve getting beheaded well you could make that you could make that case with any cannon fodder though unfortunately yeah yeah 
But not no, I would disagree very strongly with that because it's this mm. is cannon fodder by someone who's like one of the main characters of the show who's on like Team Picard. Yeah, like I don't like the idea that Team Picard goes around randomly beheading people that don't deserve yeah, it. That's yeah, that's fair enough. I, I well, I, Team yeah. Picard is a ragtag group of people. Yeah, but they should you have know, so. they should still have morals. Yeah, yeah. that's why I watch the show. His, in his world, in his world, that that is moral. And I guess world. so. Well, Elmer's world, yeah, I guess it is. He gives them the option to yeah, live. Yeah, please, and, my friends, choose to live. He does not give them the option. choose to live, and then if they don't, if they attack, he he, he does what he has but to do. But the people, we literally saw him kill people without giving them any option. We saw That's it. That's true. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I hated it. I think it's totally antithetical to Star Trek, but that's just me, I guess. The, the, the yeah. contrast is fascinating with him, though, because like when he's just like hanging out with the crew, he's extremely quiet. He's yep. very childlike, naive. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he doesn't understand a lot of... That cutesy, like, oh, did I in-butt? Or should I out-butt right now? You yeah, know? Like, like, he yeah. does a lot of that. And then when it comes to... And then all of a sudden, when the you know battle calls, the dude is efficient and, and just incredibly brutal. Yeah. I like the contrast. Yeah, it's an interesting contrast. It absolutely is. So, yeah, we well, just hopefully need to see we'll him get... go somewhere, you know, and yeah, hopefully, this, yeah. yeah, hopefully we'll see a little bit more out of Elnor than than what we've seen so far. I hope so, too. I just think he should also apologize to the families of those Romulan foot soldiers. Just saying. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, Grandpa, Space Grandpa Picard can make him write letters, you know? That's right. (laughs) I'm very sorry. It was an overreaction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. right. I am very sorry for murdering your son a thousand times on a sheet of paper. Right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, All right. Well. I think we kind of covered it, right, gang? I think so. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah. This coming episode, this week's episode is called Nepenthe. Mm-hmm. And as Matt researched, it is apparently from Greek mythology. It's a fictional medicine for sorrow. Mm-hmm. A quote unquote drug of forgetfulness. Yes. Hmm. Seems like quite a few people could use that drug in this on the La Serena, huh? Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. And this week's episode will feature the return of Jonathan Frakes of Maria Sardis. Yay. Yay. Everyone's been waiting for this moment. Yes, mm-hmm. I think so. Uh, so I guess they live on this planet. We always we it, thought they it were. It seems like it. Yeah, we thought they were on. Uh, yeah. On hanging Earth? out like in a cabin in Alaska or we something. We thought they were yeah. hanging out in. in in Alaska, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I like the fact that they're not on Earth because it's like, yeah, they yeah, could, yeah. they could choose any planet in the in the galaxy yeah. to live on. That's right. Yep, yep. Yeah. Uh, a couple little things I forgot to mention earlier that about this episode that I found interesting from the official podcast. Don't listen to it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> is that he he says that uh, Akiva Goldsman has said that um, this is one of, this is it's his favorite episode coming up. This next one, Nepenthe with Riker and Troy. Mm. And then Frakes has said that watching Marina's performance made him cry. So that's really something. Sorry, who said that? And then Frakes Frakes. said that about about, uh, watching Marina Sirtis' performance. So, And then to go back to our creepy siblings. uh, So apparently, you know how they look like they were, you know, boinking? So, yeah, apparently they were originally written to be the gross, like, Game of Thrones kind of siblings and lovers. Ew, why? Yeah, I don't know. But because Game of Thrones. Ugh, because I Game of Thrones, that. right. So apparently that they were written that way and then kind of backed off from it. And it's like, ugh. So yeah, he was right. They really were thinking about writing them that way initially. 
At least they backed off it. Yeah, but that explains it, like why we all think that. Because yeah, wait a minute, kind of going that way. Did they back off it? (laughs) Well, I guess what I mean is they didn't go all the way. Yeah, we're not gonna actually see them boning. Yeah. Oh my goodness, goodness. it'd be the first X-rated Star Trek. It would have been. That's that's not what you want to make. This that can be reserved for the triple X parody. Yeah. Well, and also, also, you really don't want to be the first doctor to show incest. You know what I mean? Ugh. No, yes. no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. So, no. I'm really glad that they like. You know, somebody thought like, "Hey, that's a really bad idea. Let's yeah, not cool. do that's that." For real. <laughs> yeah. That's all. So anyway, I just I forgot to add that in. So no, that's go. good. That's a good note. That's a good note. Yep. Yep. All right, gang. Okay. On that note. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Don't sleep with your brothers and sisters, listeners. <laughs> it's not good for the gene pool. Yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> oh, um, I will mention while we're closing um, one cool bit of real world newsy stuff that's going on today that I think our listeners will be interested to hear, which is that today that they were recording this is just Monday, March 2nd. The applications for uh, NASA astronauts have opened. Um, oh, yeah. This happens only cool. once every few years, whenever they um, sort of semi-randomly announce that they're hiring a new class of astronauts. And um, these, I believe these astronauts are being picked for the um, like the Artemis generation. So presumably maybe some of the people who get picked will go on to uh, go return to the moon. Um, and applications are, uh, you can apply through the end of March. Um, you can find more, just Google how to apply to be an astronaut or you, you, you apply through the official um, government jobs website, which is usajobs.com. Wow. So yeah, if you, uh, if anyone out there is keen to, to go travel in space for real, give it a shot, go see if you qualify and why not, why not put in an application? <laughs> yeah, really, right? Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's incredible. Yeah. So, all right. Well, good luck all applicants. Just uh, make sure your application isn't better than mine. tell them i sent you recommend me all right right, we'll see you next week guys all right bye everybody bye everybody bye guys